Welcome back. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM, and we are about to get into our Bible study on the book of Revelation. But before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. Yes, our Who we Am I do. quiz. Okay, Who Am I? Again, we know that the man is listed. Um, you know, for having faith in Hebrews 11, we know that Jesus told the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that um, they were responsible for all the prophets' bloodshed from me, this person, to Zechariah. Our next clue is, I was a shepherd. Okay, that's pretty, kind of broad. There pretty, are a lot of shepherds in the Bible. In fact, <laughs> all Hebrew um, heroes were shepherds. Yeah. The greatest thing that you could aspire to within that particular culture was to be a <laughs> shepherd, which, so, um, yeah, most interesting. So if you know who that is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you can claim a prize. All right. Okay, so let's uh, dig into our Bible study for today, and our right. Bible study today gets into controversy. Oh, here we go. Yes. Here we lots go. Lots and lots and lots of controversy. I enjoy some good controversy. And so you might need to keep 1-800-324-843 at your fingertips because Lyle the Heretic is going to be sharing with you this morning. <laughs> that, is, that is not a good thing to self-title yourself. <laughs> no, I'm going to share with you the truth. <laughs> I'm going go. to uh, correct all of the error. Here we go. Here it we is go. in the world. I'm, no, I'm keen. Today. I'm keen. It's going Lyle, to be solved. Lyle the Dream Crusher coming in hot, just <laughs> correcting everyone. I love it. All right, so let's turn our Bibles to Revelation chapter 6. Mm-hmm. We're going to finish off uh, the, the the fifth, sorry, the sixth seal, okay. and then we're going to find a section that is in parentheses. It answers the most important question. Anyway, let's uh, read chapter 6 and verse 16, please, Lawson. Yeah, sure. The Bible says... And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. And now read verse 17. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? Okay, so here is a really important question, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. The Bible asks this major question, The great day of God's wrath has come, who is going to be able to to survive. Mm-hmm. Do you expect that the Bible would give an answer to that question? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you, you as, would, it, as it, as it why does. Would you, why would you not give an answer to that question? And chapter 7 is all about the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And that question is answered in detail before you go to the seventh seal. So the seventh seal is found in chapter 8 and verse 1. Mm-hmm. And it's the shortest of all of them. It says, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for half an hour. That's it. Yeah, and then the seven trumpets begin. Okay, so the seven trumpets is uh, you know another parallel prophecy repeated yep. in large. Let's not forget the principle of repeated in large. But chapter seven is all about answering the question: the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Mm-hmm. All right, let's think about this for a moment. What 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 is the uh, um, what is the great day of God's wrath? Um, the the second. Coming of Christ. The second coming of Jesus. So what we're going to find out then is who is going to be able to stand mm-hmm. when Jesus comes back. And so this passage that we've got in chapter 7 is almost like a passage in parentheses, in brackets. This is not uncommon in Bible prophecy. You find it in a number of places. It is uh, typical to the book of Revelation to have a section like this in in parentheses or brackets. You've got two of them in the middle of the seven trumpets. You've got them in the prophecy of uh, Revelation 12 through 14. Um, 
they pop up all over the place. Once again, Revelation chapter 16, you've got another one of them right there where it sort of goes back and gives you some extra information that you mm. need to know. Yeah. So, chapter 7 and verse 1. Yeah, sure. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 1, Then I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds, so they did not blow the earth or the sea or even on any tree. Okay, so now the Bible is going to give you some background information, and it's going to give you some context, and context is always really important to understanding mm-hmm. this passage. And so you've got these four angels, they're holding back the wind. In the Mm. Bible, what is wind a symbol of? Wind is a symbol of violence. Violence, Mm. absolutely. So violence, they're holding back the violence that is about to come on this earth. Mm. Now, I want you to notice here that the violence here is going to affect the earth, the sea, and the trees. Mm. That's important to note. Uh, Now read for us verse 2, please. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, carrying the seal of the living God, and he shouted to those four angels who had been given who had been given power to harm land and sea, wait, don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed a seal or, until we have placed um, the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants. Okay, so Ooh, this is this is good, man. Yeah, it's getting it's, <laughs> it's getting there once again. So here's what you've got: you've got a situation where great violence is going to come mm-hmm. on the earth, the sea, mm-hmm. and the trees. In other words, the planet. The planet is in trouble. Yeah. Okay. So something is something terrible is going to happen to our planet, and before that happens, there is a group that is singled out who are going to be sealed. So this is this is something that is taking place before. This great damage takes place, mm-hmm. man. My 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 gears in my head are turning because I, I I was actually doing some study of Revelation yesterday, but in the later chapters in thirteen and fourteen, and the gears in my head are like, ooh, this absolutely so much. So they should alluding. be. So they should be. <laughs> All right, now let's continue on and uh, verse three. Um, we read verse three. Oh, we we're going to read, read verse four. Here we go. Wait, did we read verse three? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm getting yeah. okay. Okay, let me wait. Comment, let don't me harm the land or the sea. Yeah, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, until we've sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Mm-hmm. So this great harm that is going to come to the planet is held off until a specific group of people are sealed, mm-hmm. who are called the servants of God. Yeah. All right. So this context is really, really critically important. Uh, before we go any further, we need to ask ourselves this question. Does the Bible anywhere speak about a period in which the whole planet is going to receive great harm? Yes. And does it take place before the outpouring of, uh, or, or does it take place before the second coming of Jesus? Yeah. It does. And you can read that in Revelation chapter 16. It is mm-hmm. called the seven last plagues. This is where you'll find the earth, the sea, and and the trees are hurt, mm. and great damage comes to them from a whole bunch of different quarters. So the context here in Revelation chapter 7, the first three verses, is very clearly uh, global damage to the whole planet. That is very clearly the seven last plagues. So these are events that are taking place just before the seven last plagues. Now that kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. because the question is asked, when Jesus comes back, who will be able to stand? Mm. Obviously, those who survive the seven last plagues, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so it jumps straight to the seven last plagues. Okay, this is going to be the big event that's going to make it difficult to survive, you know, uh, the end times. So the context here, all of the context is pointing to events just before the return of Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. I'm glad it makes sense. Because a lot of people totally deny all of this. Like, oh, no, it's got nothing to do with the end of time. No, it's got everything to do with the end of the time. The Bible is clear about that. For sure. 100%. Okay, so how many are sealed? Okay, verse 4, we continue reading. The Bible says, And I heard how many were marked with the seal of God. 144,000 were sealed from all the tribes of Israel. From okay, whoa, 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 whoa. We can stop there. Oh, yeah, it continues on from the tribe of Judah were 12,000, from the tribe of Reuben were 12,000, uh, from the tribe of Gad were 12,000, etc. Et we don't need to read all those verses. We get okay. the point, right? Okay. 12,000 yep. from each tribe. Yeah. Okay, so now we know who it is that is going to be able to stand when Jesus comes back. The Bible says the 144,000. That's pretty mm-hmm. clear, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so now we need to find out who are the 144,000, and this is where all the controversy comes yes. in. Yes. So let's settle it once and for all who these are. First of all, let's look at who they are, or some of the different theories out there um, that, uh, that do pop up from time to time. Some people will tell you that they are literal Jews at the end of time who never go to heaven. Other people will tell you that they are a special heavenly class and are the only ones who go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Then you'll find others who will say they are the same as the great multitude or the saved of all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are others who say this is an unknown mystery group. It is impossible to know. And those who just throw at the pan millennialists who just say, who cares? They'll all pan out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> no. <laughs> now you're a worse heretic than what I am. I am, I am just. I am. I'm. I am just stumped for words. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, let's by, let's begin by. I, I just jumped in there because I was like, you said millennial, and I was like, classic millennials. <laughs> yeah, you're a, you're a more of a Generation Z. But than hey. a millennial. But anyway, uh, whatever. We can dream. You, your, your generation <laughs> always gets branded millennials, but you're not really. Yeah. You're the next generation out of the mm. uh, out of the ranks. Yeah. Okay, so uh, where are we up to? We're talking about uh, this particular... We're, we're going to talk about who they are not. Yes. I'm going to make a big, bold statement here right now. These are not literal Jews. Okay, that is quite a bold statement. Particularly after it has just said 144,000 out of all... The tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are not literal Jews. Okay, yes, and, and because it goes on to list to all the conclusion. tribes of Israel. Israel, right? Yeah. No. 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 It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's my whole point. There are a couple missing. It says out of all of the tribes of Israel, mm-hmm. but it doesn't list all the tribes of Israel. It does. That is for you know, because why? Why would God say you know twelve thousand from Gad, twelve thousand from you know Naphtali, twelve thousand from Manasseh, you know twelve thousand from Simeon? We get the point, right? There is a reason why God is actually listing twelve thousand from each of these tribes, because God is going to miss two tribes out, and God is going to miss two tribes out because He wants you to know this is not literal Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the Bible, uh, for those of you who may be unfamiliar, there are two different kinds of Israel. Um, let me give you some passages on this, and I'll give you some for homework to read. Romans chapter 10, 11, 
and 12. Mm. There are three chapters all talking about spiritual Israel and what it means to be a part of spiritual Israel. Uh, Many different uh, illustrations that Paul uses, including the illustration of grafting and being grafted in. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who may be unfamiliar with grafting and how that takes place, uh, you know, I've I've worked in orchards uh, before. And so grafting is very simple. You get a tree that has a very, very strong rootstock. And it typically has the most awful tasting fruit imaginable. So you plant that tree. You know it's going to have really, really good roots. Okay. Yep. Then on the branches that come out, you graft in. You cut out a you cut out a bud. You get a bud from a tree that has really nice fruit, and you slide that in where that other one was cut out, and tape it up. And every branch where you graft that bud in from will then be the really really nice fruit. We had a tree in Tasmania that had three different colours of apples on one tree. Because we had good roots, mm-hmm. and then we just added three different kinds. You know, on, on the three branches that were coming out, the three main branches, we added three different colours. It was just a, a, a rainbow-coloured apple tree. It was kind of awesome. It's the best kind of apple tree. There you go. <laughs> uh, it was good fun anyway, if nothing else. But that's what grafting is, and the Bible talks about us as Gentiles being grafted in and mm-hmm. becoming a part of Israel. So you've got two kinds of Israel. Literal Israel and spiritual Israel, and both kinds of Israel have 12 tribes. We're just going to look at two verses. There's many that we could look at, but let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 and 29. If you could read that one for us, please, Lawson. I'm getting there. All right. Galatians chapter 3, verses... 28 and 29, the Bible says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Okay, so the covenant that was given to Abraham Mm -hmm. belongs to those who have given their life to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We are heirs of Abraham. We are spiritual Israel. A uh, multitude of verses that go along with this. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, you know, to the, to the leaders of Israel, the kingdom will be taken from you and given to a new nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. That new nation was the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Peter takes the covenant that was given to ancient Israel and he applies it to the Christian church. He says, you did not used to be a people, but now you are a people. You did not used to be a nation, now you are a nation, and you've received the promises of God. And so all of the promises that were given to Abraham, all of the promises that were given to Israel, apply to the Christian church. Um, So much in the Bible on this subject, uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29 um, another great passage there, but you know, Romans 10, 11, 12, that's your homework. Now let's go over to the book of James. Let's go to the book of James and let's read what the Bible says over here. And while we're turning there, let me ask you this question. Who was the book of James written to? Jews or Christians? Well, it was written by James. It's not what I asked. So I would assume that... The book of James. I, I feel like the book of James is written to an every, an every kind of people. Like, Absolutely, Christians. 
Like, yeah, it's, it's you know. There's one book in the New Testament that is written for Jews specifically, and it's that's the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Clearly. And James. James is written to Christianity. Okay, in James's day, how many tribes existed? Only one. That's right. The tribe of Judah. Mm. That's it. No other tribes existed. Mm-hmm. The ten northern tribes had, you know, the, 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 the tribe of Judah had sort of uh, Judah, Benjamin, um, and the remnants of Levi had combined together to create Judea, mm-hmm. which is why we have Jews rather than Israelites. The ten northern tribes had uh, disappeared many, many centuries before they'd gone into captivity and vanished. So there's no such thing as 12 tribes. Mm-hmm. But there was Christians, and in the time of James, Christians were spread all around the world. Isn't that so? Yeah. Read for me, James chapter 1 and verse 1. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Thank you. Okay, so James here, he writes to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers who are scattered abroad, but he's writing to the Christian church. Mm. Because there are not 12 tribes, that has not existed for, let me think, uh, six, seven, eight hundred years, mm-hmm. thereabouts. A very, very, very long time. Mm. And so we know that he is writing to Christianity. So here's what you've got. Both literal Israel and spiritual Israel have 12 tribes. So the question we have to ask ourselves in Revelation chapter 7 which is it talking about? Which list do you have? Do you have a list in Revelation chapter 7 of the literal 12 tribes of Israel? Well, no. No, because you can search through that list as long as you want and you will not find the tribe of Dan and you will not try find the tribe of Ephraim. Mm-hmm. Any idea why those two may have been left out? I've heard before that they were the most... Um, th- they were the most... The, the, the tribes full of the most apostasy. Okay, so here's how it worked. Dan was right in the far north, and it was the one who was kind of closest to the really, really apostate Baal worshippers in mm. you know Tyre and Sidon and so forth. And so they would typically instigate yeah. idolatry in Israel. Ephraim was the largest of the tribes and the most powerful and the political leader of all the tribes, mm-hmm. and they would make it the state religion. Yeah. And so Dan would start it, and Ephraim would make it official, and, of course, when the nation of Israel was formed, uh, the ten northern tribes, that it was formed as an apostate state. It mm-hmm. was formed as an idol-worshipping state, and it never was anything other than an idol-worshipping state. This was never a, a, a nation that ever served the true God. Mm-hmm. So that began under uh, Jeroboam, of course, um, during the reign of Rehoboam, who ruled over Judah in the south. Okay, so there's a little bit of history right there. So that's why you can read through Revelation chapter 7 and you will not find those two tribes there. Of course, the uh, tribe of Levi, which was never counted as one of the 12, and the tribe of Joseph, which you've never heard of, are added in to make up the 12. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is very clearly spiritual Israel that we are dealing with in this particular uh, prophecy right here. 
Okay, so now we know we're dealing with spiritual Israel, it becomes important for us. You see, now we know that when Jesus comes back, it won't be just Jewish people Mm -hmm. who survive. Yeah. We are talking about Christianity. And if we're talking about Christianity just before the return of Christ, we know we need to be a part of this group right here. This is the Forbes family. was the Forbes family with These Are They, speaking about the great multitude that we are just about to read about here in Revelation chapter 7 and down in verse 9. However, before we get to the great multitude, we have uh, um, another clue for our quiz. All right. So, I'm not going to give any of the previous clues because this is the ultimate clue. We know this guy was a shepherd. and He was faithful. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is the ultimate clue. So, 1-800-324-843, have your phones ready to go to get This guy's kind of famous, prize. but there's like very few verses in the Bible about him. Yep. Um, hardly any mention, but very, very famous individual. So, it's going to be hard to have a lot of obscure clues. So, I think we've run out of obscure okay. words. Adam and Eve are my parents. Uh, uh. <laughs> that narrows it down a little bit. So if you know who this is. One of three that are mentioned in the Bible. I'm sure they had maybe hundreds of children, but uh, we don't really know. They lived for hundreds of years. So, 
If you know who this is, give us a call 1-800-324 and you can claim a prize. But, Lyle, we are continuing Think about that. On. If they'd had enough oh. t- sets of twins, they could have had a thousand children. That's whack. <laughs> like, yeah, they're living for 900 years. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I'm like... Imagine having a thousand children. That's like more than a football team, isn't it? <laughs> more than a football team. Do you know how many people are on a football team, Lyle? Do you ever watch football? I watch football on... Very rare occasions. Okay, well, there you go. Lyle, Mr. No. Do you watch football? I thought you only watched motorsport. I watch motorsport. No. So, well, it depends. Like, if we're talking NRL, my dad is a massive NRL head. Okay. And, you know, he just backs the Newcastle Knights, and so do I. Yeah, but, you know, some you get some of these guys that have big family and a whole bunch of sons is like, yeah, I'm going for a football team. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's definitely not our family because I have a relatively big family, but not that big. I've, there's like three, my three siblings are all sisters, though, so we can't yeah. be a football team. No. And there's not enough of you. Anyway, yeah. getting back to uh, what we were studying here in Revelation chapter 7, we're studying the 144,000 and we mm-hmm. have found out that they are not literal Jews and that makes sense because what are you going to do? Are there only going, Jewish people going to be saved? Chapter 7 is all about answering the question, who will be able to stand? Mm. That is the context. And the context is the seven last plagues. Mm. The destruction on the earth that is global, that happens just before the return Mm. of Christ. Uh, So, you know, clearly it would not make sense for only Jewish people to be saved at the end of time. Okay, so now we uh, we note that they are spiritual Israel. We need to find out who are the 144,000. And the way that we find out who they are is by first establishing where they are and secondly establishing what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And to do so, we're going to look at the other passage in the Bible that mentions the 144,000. So follow with me closely. 144,000 are only mentioned in Revelation by by title, Revelation chapter 7 and 14. Would you like to read for us Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1, please? Yeah, sure. The Bible says in Revelation 14 and verse 1, Then I saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Okay, so where are they? They're on Mount Zion. All right. And um, <laughs> they have the father's name. Let's read for us verse uh, three, please. Okay. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living beings and the 24 elders. No one could learn the song, this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. Okay. I'm going to read for you verse 2 in the King James Version. Mm. I kept that for myself. Yep. Because it's... It's important. It, 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 uh, <laughs> it entertains me. Okay, here we go. I'm it ready says, to be I heard, entertained. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and, and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. It's, it's incredible. It's just, it just... The way it writes that, you know, harpers harping with their harps... I don't know. I just entertain. Mine just says harpers playing together. Yeah, but harpers harping with their harps. It's like like awesome. That's 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 amazing. Okay, but anyway, let's go to verse three. Um, The Bible says they sung a new song before the throne. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get this picture so far. Whereabouts are they standing in verse one? On Mount Zion. And whereabouts are they standing in verse three? Before the throne. So they're standing on Mount Zion in front of the throne. So now we know where they are. Mm -hmm. Now we need to find out what they're doing. What are they doing? Um. 
they're listening to a song. They're singing a song. Yeah. What is unique about this song? Can anybody else sing the song? No, just no. them. Only these 144,000 can sing the song. Okay, so let's establish what we have. They're standing on Mount Zion. Mm-hmm. They're standing in front of the throne. Mm-hmm. And they are singing a an exclusive song. Yes. We're clear on that. Good. Now we go to Revelation chapter 4, where there is one more detail that we need before we actually establish who the 144,000 are. Revelation chapter 4, we need to find out what is in front of the throne. Verse 6, please. Sure, the Bible says in verse 6, In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. Okay, let's stop there. What is in front of the throne? A shiny sea of glass. So if the Mm 144,000 are standing on Mount Zion Mm -hmm. in front of the throne, what are they standing on? A sea of glass. A sea of glass. So here's what we've got so far. We have the 144,000 standing on Mount Zion in front of the throne on the sea of glass singing a unique song. Okay. A, an exclusive song. Mm-hmm. We, we, we good? We're good. Okay. Now, we go to Here Revelation go. chapter 15, and we find out the Bible tells us exactly who this group of people are. We don't need to guess about it at all. Uh, Revelation 15, verse 2, please. I saw before me what seemed to be glass sea mixed with fire. And on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his stat- statue. His image, yes. Yes. Um, and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them. Okay, so here we have them. Um, we have a group of people. Mm-hmm. They're standing in front of the throne of God. They are standing on the sea of glass. They are holding harps. And what are they doing in verse 3? The Bible says they sing the song of Moses, the servant Mm -hmm. of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, you King of Saints. Let's summarize what we have so far in verse 15. We have a group of people standing on a sea of glass with these people uh, standing in front of the throne. They have harps and they are singing a unique and exclusive song. We're going to talk about why this is an exclusive song and why only the 144,000 can sing the song of Moses in a little while. Uh, But here you have the 144,000 and they are defined for Mm. us. The Bible tells us exactly who they are. They are those who have gotten the victory over four things. Number one, the beast. Mm -hmm. Number two, the image to the beast. Mm -hmm. Number three, the mark of the beast. And number four, the number of the beast. Okay, so let me ask you a question, Lawson. Okay, here we go. Do you have... Has God given you the victory over the beast? Um... Well, here we go. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. All right, so God has given us the victory over the beast, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we could also even possibly claim to have victory over the image to the beast. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, as we go mm-hmm. through Revelation, we're going to identify who the beast is yep. and who the image to the beast is. What about the mark of the beast? Has the mark of the beast been enforced yet? No, it has not. And you cannot gain the victory over the mark of the beast until it has been enforced. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so? Yeah, 100%. And when is the mark of the beast enforced? At the end of time. Just before the return of Christ. And the question is asked, just before the return of Christ, who will be able to stand? The question is asked, um... Who who is going to survive these events? And the answer is the hundred and forty four. 
Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Breathe forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of Israel's race he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of On this terrestrial ball To him all majesty ascribe And crown him Lord of all To him all majesty ascribe And crown him Lord of to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hi, I'm Delaine. Hi, I'm Sunny. Hi, I'm Dragon. Hi, I'm Nigel. And we'd like to invite you to our church, the, the Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. We meet every Saturday morning at 10.30am to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30am. You can find us at 107-109 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Centre. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon and stay tuned to Face FM.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Carly Fletcher with In the Name of Jesus here on Faith FM. And we have come to the question of the day, period of the day, where you get to ask a question. Do we have another clue left there for our quiz, Lawson? Or are yes, we do. Here, okay, we there, there, here we go. Remember, another, another you clue. can give us a call. one 800 3243 It's Adam and Eve are my parents. So it's Cain, Abel, or Seth? <laughs> I was murdered by my brother Cain. And that narrows it now down <laughs> to one of those three. So if you know who this is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. But Lyle, we're at our question of the day. Question of the day. And our question is, what does make his face to shine upon us mean? Okay, so this is a really interesting question because it's like, well, you know, some people would say, well, that's that's kind of obvious. It's just a uh, positive thing. However, this is something that comes from... The priestly blessing. This is not to be taken lightly because this was something that was to be repeated to Israel on a daily basis. Notice what the Bible says in Numbers uh, chapter 6 and verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons. That's the priests saying in this way, you shall bless the children of Israel saying to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put away, they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. So this is the priestly blessing that we are given right here. Something interesting about this, obviously it's important if God wants it to be repeated on a daily basis to the nation. Uh, But something interesting is that the oldest written portion of scripture in existence is this priestly blessing. And so back in 1979, a man by the name of Abi Barke uh, was doing a excavation in Jerusalem near St. Andrew's Church, a Scottish church there in Jerusalem. Um, there was a knoll there, a rocky knoll. He thought there might be some secrets under it. And he began to dig and to investigate. And it was a cemetery. There were tombs. Um, they, they were all empty. They'd long been you know, robbed and looted and so forth. Until he came to one that had had a pile of rubble that had collapsed over the mouth of it. And so as he pulled the rubble aside, he noticed that there was another tomb hidden behind it that nobody had known about. And this tomb was untouched. And in this tomb, there were hundreds of artifacts, all from the first temple period of uh, of Israel, of Judea. And so, you know, these artifacts, when they were placed there, Solomon's temple was still standing. And amongst those were the silver scrolls. It took them about three years to unroll these silver scrolls and then read them. And on those silver scrolls was the priestly blessing that we find right here. But the real question is, what does it mean that God's face is going to shine upon us? Well, there's a number of different ways of looking at that. Uh, A shining face is language that we even use to this day to describe somebody who smiles. When a person smiles, their face is shining, shining with happiness. And so may God's face smile upon us. However, the word shine is also associated with the sun because it is the sun that shines on us. And there is a difference between a bright, sunny day and a cloudy, wet, drizzly, gloomy day. And so this is a very positive uh, piece of language that the Bible is using. What's interesting is that this priestly blessing goes back 
to the experience of Jacob who wrestled with the angel who was actually Jesus Christ. Wrestled with this angel all night and then, of course, uh, eventually when the uh, you know the morning was coming he recognizes that this is Jesus and he um, and, and as a result of that he's like okay and he realizes that he has looked on the face of Jesus and then the name of the city uh, Penuel of course means the face of God and he received a blessing you know I will not let you go unless you bless me because he looked on the face of God and so this is where the whole concept originates from. Okay, so what we've got here then is uh, a, a, a reference to that. If God's face is shining on us, it means he's looking on us for our good. His blessing is being poured out on us, his protection, his grace, and his peace. And, of course, God talks about hiding his face from us when we walk away from God, mm. uh, when we separate ourselves from God. And so let's maintain our connection with God throughout this day and may God's face shine on every one of you today.
That was Marlita Fong with In His Presence. You're listening to Faith FM. We've come to the end of our show. We're about to give something away. And today we are giving away the book called Spirit Baptism Waiting on God by Dennis Smith. I just found out something interesting about Dennis Smith that I didn't know before. What, what was that? He's kind of a, uh, a a famous author, particularly when it talks, you know, on the, on the, on the subject of the Holy Spirit and so mm-hmm. forth, and being spirit filled. He was adopted. Well, there you go. And his parents never told him until he was twenty three years old. Wow. Um, I, I'd find that hard. I'd struggle yeah. with that. I'm like, if yeah. I adopted someone, I'd tell them. You know. Yeah. We wanted you so much that we went through all of this so that you could live with us, so you could be a part of our family. Mm. But, uh, yeah, they never told him until he was 23 years old. And, of course, he, um, he's met his father and you know, his, uh, his biolo- biological father and mother a few times, but um, you know, his real relationship is with his, uh, his adopted parents and uh, because you know, he knows them so much better and so much more intimately. And he uses that in this book, uses his story in this book as an illustration of of having a relationship with God, the waiting on God, teaching that this book presents must be understood and experienced by all who will be ready for the final crisis and Christ's second coming. So there it is, Spirit Baptism, Waiting on God by Dennis Smith. Our number is 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. Give us a call, be the first caller through, and that book can be yours. Well... We've come to the end of our show, but we will be around tomorrow and we'll, you know, so tune in, get in here, listen to us, call in, claim some prizes, because we love we love doing what we do. Uh, and we love you guys. You are the best. So we always enjoy your company in the morning. And uh, of course, we look forward to it again tomorrow morning. And don't forget, if you want to know more about the Bible, give us a call. We can make that happen for you as well. Purify
Pour 